Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Hello, merhaba and welcome to episode 21 of the Lion's Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community, for the community, from all around the nebula. My name is Samet and I'm your host. I want you also to give a big applause to my fellow podcast members. From New York, America, we got Brooklyn Emre. How you doing, Emre? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's been a good couple of days. Skulls that I just got their first win, and we've got a glimpse into the universe from James Webb's telescope. And many people might not know, but I'm a huge space geek, and I was very happy when I first saw it, man. I'm having a great week right now. The observable universe, that is. The known observable universe. Yeah, loving that stuff, man. Loving it. What about you, Yasin, from America? Likewise, I'm pretty much the same, uh, except although we did win our first game, I'm starting to grow a little impatient. So I can't say it's been an amazing week in terms of rumors and transfers, uh, hijacking from some of our rivals. So I guess we'll talk about that too. But otherwise, I'm doing okay, man. No injuries, <laughs> not yet at least. So doing a little better, but I'm good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Now we can go a bit further away to Toronto, Canada where we have our special Pokemon master, Coach John. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I missed the last one, but we're back in action, man. I'm excited. You got to catch them all, John. Come on. Always, always. Number one priority, bro. Got to catch them all. And the biggest ex excitement I have for today from the Netherlands, Sale, with another fact of the week, of course. Hey, hey, yes, I'll be there again with another fact. And this time it will be about an animal, a bird specifically. So we all know the woodpecker, right? And, well, it likes to peck wood. Um, <laughs> while it's doing that, did you know that he wraps his tongue around his brain while they're pecking to protect the brain from brain damage? It's actually long enough to go into <laughs> the skull area and cushion it. And therefore it can, you know, remain sane. That's really cool. That's what Diagne does, right? <laughs> That's what what Diagne does? Every time he heads the ball. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 yeah. It's, or it's what he should be doing because I think his brain's a little bit damaged. <laughs> he never had one to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love these, man. Love these. Yeah, I'm just joking. Keep them coming. Yeah, I'm glad you liked them uh, live instead of all editing. So that's yeah, good you know, to hear. Sometimes when I'm too busy with looking at some of my notes, I don't hear what you say, but I hear it in post. So... But this time I did listen. I don't know how they roll up their tongue in their brain. I also have no idea. It's apparently the tongue is like 15 centimeters or 10 or 15 centimeters long, which is massive for such a small bird. I'm getting dirty thoughts right now. So let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, to all our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. On today's podcast menu, we'll go through some of the latest events on the transfer market, the news around that. Some highlights from the friendlies we played the last two games. And we'll also treat some listeners' questions. So let's 
go right into it. Starting off with another confirmed transfer, Aliyah's goal went to Adana Demirspor. Cool, Mr. Puffy Jacket, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving forward, we have an official announcement that 10% of Markao's sale will go to Galatasaray, which wasn't communicated before. We have rumors about Evander from Mitschidland. We had Keram and Patrick van Arnold apparently having a small incident with each other in training. We have Fenerbahce upping our bid for Joa Pedro. And then we had also the final decision by Okan Buruk and the management to loan out Morutsan to Sivaspor who will pay 630,000 euros, which is his yearly salary, to us. And yeah, lads, where do you want to start? Did I miss out on any of the news? I think I did. Jagna leaving, right? Exactly. Where is he going? Uh, I believe he's going to Fatih Karagümrük. With Pirlo. To play under Pirlo. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna apparently, it's gonna be a, a loan from what I understood, but Basically, he'll be a goner as his contract will run out this season. Unfortunately, however, due to mistakes we've made in the past, we're gonna pay half his salary because he's on, well, tremendous wages. He earns two and a half million a year. Mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna pay half of it, but I guess it's better to pay half of it than, you know, pay the full amount and not utilize him at all if Okan doesn't have him in his plans. But uh, yeah, that's that. I don't know what you guys think about that. Doesn't matter for us. Unfortunately. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, yeah. We also have Fatih Terim in, in the chat that he, he wanted to join us. So he might give his opinions here and there. <laughs> I, I'd love to know Fatih Terim's opinion about bringing Jagnet for 10 to 13 million at the time and why he didn't play him so much during that time after spending all that money. I have a lot of questions for Terim if he has time today. Does he? Uh, Unfortunately. What? <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> Not a lot of time he seems to have, so. But uh, can you tell us a bit what you think about Jagne, though, Mr. Uh, Terim? Like, what happened there? But what can I do sometimes? You know what? I agree with you, Mr. Terim. I agree with you. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's not your fault that your board waited till the very last day to make a transfer and then forcibly bought from Kasim Pasha, the most dumb striker ever. <laughs> He's I, our I, second most like expensive transfer. And what has he done? Honestly, what has he done? We've loaned him out twice. Now he's loaned out like, again. I can't even think of the words to describe him. Like incompetent, imbecile. Like there, You can take every word from the dictionary and put it together and it still won't be enough to describe Jagne. And we paid apparently 13 million. On the contrary about Jagne, I want to say, okay, we paid 13, sure. We brought him in during financial fair play. We had some extra cash that we needed to spend in order to get it back and spend it again, right? That's how it worked at that time. And we took a gamble. We said, okay, we'll just buy him, good investment, and then we'll sell him again and we'll get that money that we can spend then. That was the idea behind it. What happened in reality, unfortunately, it didn't work out with him. He did put in, well, some stats for us, not a lot. It wasn't the best, but people also forget we did loan him out like two, three times. Uh, West Brom, 
where we got like 2.5 million loan fee and they paid his salary. So think of it as five to six million going down the drain instead of 13. Makes, makes us feel better, right? So still a fail, but just not as hard. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's how I uh, <laughs> ease it for myself. I mean, listen, okay, it's not his problem that he... Uh, I mean, okay, it is his problem, but it's not his problem that we bought him for that much, right? So in the end, I can't blame him for the transfer fee or whatever. No it's one just told our him, own, you know. It's our own incompetence that we indeed went for exactly. a, a panic buy. Like even, uh, you guys remembered, right? When he got transferred, we were like, you know, let's have a look at some highlights. You know, you'll see the best skills and whatever. But 50% of them were like penalties and Tappins. just scrappy goals. I was like, ah, okay, we're going to be in for some, for a long ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a huge striker problem. We got rid of one. So far, none has come in. So I wonder how we're going to proceed forward. See, it's funny you say that, Salih, because before all of this even happened, when Tenen first came, we didn't have a striker problem because our striker had broken a league record, Gomez, mm -hmm. and they sent him away because he wanted a little bit more money. Over that, maybe you give him a million more, you would have had a striker for two, three seasons. Instead, we chose to spend, I don't know how much money to replace him. And guess what happened? The man is back in our ranks now. And we still have a striker problem. It's been six months and we already want him gone too. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I kind of want to propose, you know, a discussion off of this, and I guess I guess it relates to Moroton too, on what kind of due diligence does this team, does our head scout do when we get these transfers for big sums of money, right? We have Jagne who we paid $13 million for. He had a great season at Kasem Pasha, but before that, if you just look at his brief history, he's changing clubs all the time. He, he didn't play for any of these big European clubs beforehand for a long period of time. And why does that matter? I guess, let's say you do have an issue with a player, right? You know, you bring him in like Fenerbahce does a year and he doesn't do so well and you want to let go of him. Not only now do you have an issue with his salary, right? Who's going to pay his salary? But other teams from these other European leagues are going to question, okay, maybe I'll pay his salary, but what has this guy proven in these other leagues that we should go out and pay five, six, seven million? Maybe it might look like a discount for a guy that they just purchased 13 million for. Or maybe Moroton, right? He was maybe wanted by some of these European clubs, but you bring this kid in for how much do we pay? Five, six million plus some bonuses. The kid doesn't even speak English. He, zero English. Chikaldao, you get it. Fine. He speaks. He can get along with the coach. He can get along with most translators. But Moroton, he needs his own translator. And I'm hearing rumors that at this current camp, we don't even have a translator for Moroton. I don't know how true it is. It's it's Summit's favorite journalist, Mehmet Özcan, that's saying this. So maybe maybe Summit <laughs> might not even believe it. But this is what I heard. And if that's true, that's ridiculous. You know, when we're spending a lot of money, I feel like this club is not doing enough due diligence on these players. I'll be honest, thinking, Yasin, to, to add. Yeah. I think the Romanian transfers, Haji and Terim definitely had a small bit of the pie there. Also Popescu. Is what I believe in. And Popescu. I cannot believe that the four or five hundred thousand euro manager fees just went to the manager. They had their cut. I'm hundred percent positive of this. I'm with because you. Hundred percent. Th this is how Turkey works. It's all middlemen over there without any expertise. That's just how Turkey is. Everyone wants to be a middleman and 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 take a slice of the pie. And and I'm sure with Chikaldao, 
and Moruton, it happened. And I think well, I said that before, like in the chat. I mean, with Chikal Dao, it's actually factual that uh, Haji did get something because Chikal Dao's prior club, not the one that we bought him from, but his prior club to that was Haji's team. Mm. And when Haji sold Chikal Dao, he, got, he put in a clause saying X percentage of his next sale, which ended up being us, goes to Haji and his club. So he definitely 100% received money is what I remember reading. And, you know, to add on to what you said, I'm sure there might have been some other communications and manager fees too. But, you know, mm. I I just, maybe it's a separate topic altogether. If you guys have something else to say while we're on it, please speak up. But like, How much did Chikaldao come for? How much was this transfer? Like $7 million, no? I think Plus seven. bonuses? Yeah. Plus, oh plus a percentage God. of his next sale too. Oh, how much is that? 25? Let's see if I can find that real no. quick. 25? No, no, no. I think it was like 10% or something. I'm pulling up cup right now if it wants to load, but that better be profits. Uh 6.5 million uh transfer mm-hmm. fee. I actually don't see anything about future sale, but I I th- I could have sworn I read about that. Maybe but, it's uh, Morotan who had it. Not sure. That makes no. more sense. Because <laughs> okay. Morotan came for cheaper, right? He came for I think three mil, three or three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Chicago Chico- does have twenty five million uh Release, release clause. clause. Not, not that anyone's yeah, okay. going to trigger that, but... <laughs> Bro, I don't I know so? who's paying oh. this much money for Romanian players. The amount that we paid is absolutely ridiculous. Is it percentage of profit or percentage of sale? Oh, no. I, I don't even see that here now on okay. Cup. Yeah. I, I thought I saw a rumor about that, but maybe not. I don't think that's... Yeah. It's no percentages. Yep. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I... Morutan to Sivaspor. I rate Reza Chalum by a lot. And if he wanted Moroton, I'm sure he can utilize him better than we can. Because we've seen in the three friendlies now that we had, Moroton is just struggling a lot. And you can also see him beating him up himself for all the mistakes he's doing. He knows he's not going to get time if he's like this, because we have other players that are well-suited, better suited to play on that position. Uh, Yunus Akun, for example, doing amazing you can write him on the first 11 straight up so yeah um goodbye Morutsan. go to Sivaspor. uh you have Reza Chalombay which is a good coach improve yourself show something like Yunus did at Andanaspor and then hopefully you can come back and do great things for God's Samet, sake. Samet people were giving Fatih Tim so much slack for sending away Yunus but look how he came back sometimes it pays to send players away so they can get some time and experience. So, like, some people act very reactionary to these things. Like, think of the broader picture when, like, coaches do these kind of things. It's not, you know, to just get him out of the squad. You know, he's still young. He still has a ceiling that he can reach. And I like it when we do these Mm -hmm. loans. I I think the difference between, like, sending a Yunus away and Morutan is, well, we paid for Morutan. He came from another league. He's... Yeah, although he's young, he's not like 19. He's, what is he again? I think 23, 24. So I think the idea that because we paid for him and he hasn't worked out that, I think they're more angry at that, that we are then going to send him away on loan. Like, this is the first time I, though. Uh, what you say? This isn't the first time we've bought, look at Bruma. We had Bruma. He, start, mm-hmm. he got injured. He wasn't doing well. We sent him to Spain. He came back and he played much better. And then after that, we sold him to, what was it, Leipzig? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, you got to look at it both ways. He's at Fener now. 
Yeah. And apparently they're not happy with him. And I even saw rumors what? about oh, really? wanting to maybe even loan him out. <laughs> that Are you is serious? Hilarious. You're talking I, I, about I, Bruma? Yeah, the loan might be a stretch, but I did hear that they're not happy. Like, I, Wait, I don't did see they any... buy him or did they, they loan know, him? They loaned him. Pretty sure it's a loan, but I've also heard rumors obligation about it being to like an obligation to buy. Yeah. That, that really, that can't be true. I don't know if you guys have, have watched those friendly matches, but he's, every time he gets subbed on, he totally changes like the pace that they're playing at. Yeah, apparently I don't, I don't, I don't see how, how, how they can't be satisfied. Like that, that's just crazy. Mm. Oh, you like him, you're saying? I yeah I, I like him. Every time he gets subbed in, like he oh. he changes the pace of the match. Like Fener start pushing so much more. Like their attack is so much faster. He can dribble. He cuts inside. So I, if that is true, that is really surprising to me. They're not fucking around this season, apparently. Okay, high standards, I guess. I don't know why they're going <laughs> for every single player that ever played for us. That makes no sense. I guess they really like the players we bring in, huh? They're after winners, bro. They need we're, winners. We're their scouts, apparently. That's how it's working. Yep. I just yeah. want to ask you a quick question on the Mototon thing. So, Summit mentions Sivaspor, right? Mm-hmm. There's also rumors about him getting some interest loan-wise from outside of the Turkish League. Would you rather see Mototon go to a club like Sivas within the league? Or would you rather see him go to a top five, top six league club, mid-table, maybe lower half, and play outside? For me... If we can get a, even a smallest percentage of a loan fee, not just paying a salary, if that's outside, yeah, he can go outside. I don't mind. If it's not, let's say they're both not loan fee. Um, I don't care. Just go somewhere where you where get you to play. play. Yeah. What What I want for Murutan is I want him to go to a club that is going to actually use him in his natural position. And he's... If if he goes to a club and he's going to be playing on the wing, he's not going to play well. I don't think that's his position. And I never thought. I've mentioned this a dozen times now in the podcast. If he goes anywhere where they plan on using him on the wing, he's going to fail. Um, if there's a team that wants to add, you know, some improvements to the midfield, not like we're trying to do that or anything, but if there's a team that is trying to do that and he gets the chance, then I think he'll be a lot better and a lot more useful and I think he'll improve as a player that way. But if he keeps playing on the wing, I think he's going to start having confidence problems more than he already has. And I think it's going to be difficult for him, you know? Mm. I think we can move on to the next segment then, yeah? Yeah, maybe wanting to bring up Kerem Akturkoğlu, who got smacked by our dear Markau, got into another feud with Patrick van Aanholtz. Well... I put it this way because that's how it was portrayed on Twitter and lots of news reports. There's an obvious action towards Galatasaray in the media. I don't know who the reporters are that are unleashing these, but basically reports came out with pictures during training where you see Patrick van Aanholt very pissed off and throwing his hands and Kerem standing across from him is basically deflecting. Right? That doesn't look good. Immediately when I saw this, we tweeted it out and I also put in my opinion. I said, these types of things can happen during a training. Anyone that played football knows how it goes. It's nothing to blow up. And the unfortunate part is just that there are pictures and and as a consequence, they have to now explain to the public, right? And not long after, 
maybe an hour after all these reports came, Patrick van Aanholt posted a picture saying, Que pasa? What's up, dude? And then he came out on Instagram saying, It was just a sudden angry reaction given during the game. It wasn't a big deal. It didn't last. We stopped immediately. I do not understand why it's being blown up this much. Now with that, also Keram came out and said, Dudes, the argument I had with Patrick was taken out of context, reported as a fight involving physical violence, and such things occur in football. We push limits to achieve better. There's love and respect between us, so this shouldn't be forgotten what the media is doing. So Keram did come up a bit more harsher towards the Turkish media. I wanted to get your ideas on that. I explained mine already. I want to just, you know how PVA is saying, I don't know why it's getting blown out of proportion. Well, I don't know if PVA knows, but Harry Kewell has a very famous saying. In Turkey, the game is played against Galatasaray. That's why. Yeah. Every single media outlet is always trying to stir up some sort of chaos against us to like break us up, to cause harm. You see when other teams have like these kind of inter- like internal issues, you don't see it blow up as hard as you know ours do. That's that's what you get if you're the biggest, right? So, yeah. exactly. And and Kerem, like because of the Marcao incident now, like anytime something like this happens involving Kerem, then a- automatically it's going to be escalated to the worst possible thing, right? I, like I I mean even even when I saw it, I I you know even though it's it was a perfectly normal thing, my worry was that some Kerem said something again, and Van An, you know it was a similar incident to the Marcao incident, but. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to be forgotten or if any time this happens, it's going to be blown up like this. It probably will, but luckily this time it was just a pretty normal, normal Yeah, they diffused the situation quick. I think they had that whole mark yeah. out incident in the back of their heads. So they're like, yo, let's just handle yeah. this quickly and not have any issues going forward. Yeah. I, oh, and I'm sure they're just like licking their lips at the chance to you know, make Kerem seem like this problematic guy, like he's a big problem in this, you know, that, that to play yeah. that whole angle, I, I'm sure they're just dying to, to So to he'll be harder that. to sell and stuff like that, uh, yeah, harder sure. to market. Yeah, yeah, all games. He already didn't get any offers from anyone. So that's a bit odd as well. On top of that, to look at the other side of the story, it is Kerem again, that's having a, a feud with someone else on the team. And if I have to play devil's advocate, I've played in amateur clubs, right? And some teams I've played in, we never had these stuff. And we were very respectful with each other. So it kind of also gives a little bit of some insight in how the team is. Sure, you're pushing yourself hard. But respect is something very important within our club. And that these things happen, I don't think they're acceptable, in my opinion. What exactly happened? Like, why, why, why did the fight start in the first place? What happened? I'm sure it was just a, maybe a hard tackle or, you know, yeah. a small argument. Like, th- th- this is normal. Like, when you have a group of really competitive guys that, you know, all they want to do is win, that's all that's in their head, then these, these things happen. You know, you, Maybe you may, you lose the ball and you get frustrated and make a hard tackle and then that guy says something right. to you and you exchange words, right? I'm I'm almost positive it was something like this, right? What yeah. does before I want to ask Yasin, but uh, Terim, what do you think about this? 
very tough teams, very good teams, very uh, big working. Yeah, so so you're saying it can happen? <laughs> Something happened, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I, I see. Well said, Tater. <laughs> well said, brother. Yeah, well, what do you think about all the media and stuff? That's It's going to cause a lot of problems, Mr. Terim. Doesn't matter for us. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, Yasin, yeah, what, what do you think? He's laser focused, Terim. <laughs> what I think doesn't matter, Terim, Hoja just spoke, man. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. You can't speak on top of yeah. it. No. How no. can you follow that <laughs> up, bro? This is not Turkey. This is equal grounds. Everyone gets to say their say. We're not doing the Turkish style here. Oh, you mean we don't have to kiss Tedim's ass? If that's the case, then... I won't get kicked off the podcast? (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) Yasin, have you ever fought with someone because you were super hyped up in a game? Uh, I never fight anybody, but uh, I've definitely exchanged some words with people who, you know, come into challenges really tough with me. Uh, I don't have to say it on the podcast, but you can imagine... (laughs) Right, oh, if, so, so I played against so South South American players are the toughest, yes. most aggressive yes. players I've ever played against, and I played against every type of player you can think of. They come into every single challenge hard. They can be your brother. They can kiss your ass outside the field, but on the field they will go one hundred fifty percent every single time. They won't care if it's a friendly, if it's a World Cup final, it doesn't matter. And I've had a lot of incidents with these type of players where they come into challenges unnecessarily difficult and how does it end you know you push around you know you, you don't take a swing you curse at each other other guys get involved and that's it you move on and then you get off the field high five good game what the hell was happening before you joke around that's it you move on so just like john said it you know this happens these reporters it was an open training so like everybody's recording right you, you got rolled up on one side you got ajans on the other you got this guy on the other so they were recording they saw something happening, and if you looked at all the videos that was shared publicly on Twitter, none of them start from the get-go of the incident. They all, like, yeah. it's like a cut, right, from, like, when people are actually holding, you know, I guess Van and Holt and Kerem apart from each other, and that's it. Like, you, you didn't see anything happen. You saw a couple pictures mm-hmm. with their arms up, but that's nothing. It could be a push. It could be a swing. You don't know, but I will say... We gave them reason to do this stuff too because of the whole Markel and Kerem incident. You know, it, we didn't help our situation. Markel didn't help the situation. Kerem didn't help the situation from before either. And this is the reality of it. And we moved on. Like you said, they, they shared the pictures, hugging. They joked around about it. And then you didn't hear, yeah. see anything about it after that again. So you move yeah. on. You move on. It's the football. That's the football. Something happens. Oh, yeah. I know, Hojam. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Hojam. The thing that did help, though, is uh, after the fight, like, how long did it take for them to post pictures about it? Like, one, maybe two hours at most. I felt yeah. like the incident was over really, really quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of overblown. We just move on. Yeah. First incident, after the first incident, Kerem actually, you know, became an Adam and started playing better. Yeah, but that's so true. maybe this time he'll play even twice as good. Well, we saw it in the friendly. I don't know. It maybe uh, worked a bit backwards. <laughs> Let's see. So, closing that one off, in terms of transfer activities, what are the most exciting transfers for you? Let's start with John, maybe. So, what I was hoping for originally was to have 
Sergio Oliveira, William Carvalho, and João Pedro. I was hoping for that midfield because I, I think I was saying on one of the other episodes how much I hated the imbalance of players that we had in Thailand, Berkan, and, and all those guys. So I, in, in my eyes, I love that balance of those three players, but that doesn't look like it's happening. Haven't heard anything about William Carvalho in like two weeks. João Pedro I may be going to Fenerbahce. I'm, I don't even know what's happening with that. That's what I was looking forward to, but now we're linked with Evander. So he, he seems to be a pretty attacking player, which I think we could really use in the midfield. So I'm excited about that. And another thing I'm hoping for is I think we need another striker. Uh, Jagne is gone now. Gomis is about 66 years old. Um, and Mustafa, I, I, I don't know what to say about him anymore. I think if there's a offer that comes in, I think we should probably let him go. So mm-hmm. anyways, that's what I was looking forward to. Now we're linked. Instead of João Pedro, we're linked with Evander. So we'll see what happens. I know I read today his club wanted $10 million. Um, Apparently, we offered five plus installments mm-hmm. to make up the rest. So we'll see what happens with that. But I don't know. For me, I want to see the midfields. I want to see midfield players coming in. And currently, what's resurfaced again is Diawara from Roma. Apparently, Idrissé Guye from PSG went to uh, the camp in Japan with PSG. So, I don't know what's happening, honestly, but I just want to see midfielders. It doesn't matter. Just get some midfielders because that's the place where we need it the most. And as for Momo, if someone buys him for $8 million, oh, please do. Yeah, I think, I think we've given Momo enough time to prove himself. He started out... Really promising, but as we all know, after that red card incident against, uh, I think Hikmet Karaman's uh, Ankara Guja, he he fell off so hard. He just hasn't found a place yet. Uh, I mean, obviously he wasn't started all of the time, but he's just been very just poor in general. And during these friendlies, I was hoping that under uh, Okan Buruk he would maybe reimagine himself. Um, but even then, we see Gomis play. Quite often as well, and when and when Mostafa is on, he's he's so static. Like uh, it's it's hard to believe that Gomez is more active than Momo up front in goal. And when he does have a chance, he he misses. So I, I don't know what to what to think of, uh, of it anymore. Mostafa has positioning issues. He's like always all over the place, and he's never like in the box. Well, he is, but like not always. He misses a ton of opportunities because he's like either coming too deep or he's too wide. He's just, I don't know. He doesn't have that like striker mentality these days. Like Gomez is like always in the box. He gives and goes. He goes into the box. He never like overextends into the midfield. But like, I don't know. Like you said, thanks to FFF for screwing, you know, Momo's confidence up because that red card was like, uh, was blasphemy. Like in his first few games, like when we played Fener, for example. He was golden, man. He was amazing. Like he he scored. He he, like, dude, he made something out of nothing. But now he seems to be fallen. And there are rumors that, again, some League One teams want him. Just like Simon mentioned before, around 8 million. If they want to do that, uh, I'm fine with it. Just let him go. He's not a bad player. I think Mm -hmm. he just just needs a new environment because I think he's just been through a lot. And he just lost his confidence. Mm-hmm. He just needs to be somewhere new and fresh to get a new star. I think that's either we loan him or we sell him. The problem then is again, 
Well, who do we then have left up front? We've let Jagne go. If we then also let Mustafa go, we only have Gomis, which, well, none of us really want as a starter to begin with. And uh, based on our transfer strategy so far, we've been basically <laughs> publicly announcing who we're interested in, but no action has been taken so far. Pretty much, we've only had three transfers. And we need that's a striker. We, we really, really need a striker. Because if we go into the season with Mostafa and Gomis, I think we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And we're going to be in the same boat that we've been in for I don't know how long now, where we're getting the chances, but we're not putting the ball in the net. And I don't trust no either of them to do that. No striker challenge. Part two. Yeah. Part two incoming. <laughs> Bro, I can't. And like, you guys talking about the, the rumors and whatnot, man. I... I I stopped paying attention to all of that because I know Galsarai for years I've been following and every single time the transfers always come yeah. last couple of days. Yep. So I, I, I'm done. I'm not going on YouTube looking at skills and video. I'm not going to transfer mark looking up stats because it just, it just ends up not happening. Oh, uh, yeah. We're kind of used to it, right? Yeah. But like not only that, but uh, like a question to you guys, the, the rumors that we've had so far. Do any of them like truly excite you? Because no, for me, I, it doesn't. I, I, like, it really doesn't. It doesn't. We like, can't, I, I, Sadi. We can't be excited. The Turkish economy does not allow anymore for clubs to sign players uh, on profiles like Snyder or Drogba. Like you cannot pay 4.5 million euros for Snyder in this Turkish economy. That's times 20 almost now. Bro, Schneider was a steal, man. Compared to what we got from him, mm. we paid 4.5 for what, Figuli? Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Isn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe for listeners that don't know, and they do want to still go to Figuli for some reason, he opened up his own health office. So you can get your teeth done, get some big ass, big boobs. They all do it over there. <laughs> Does he? Why did he open it, actually? I didn't know this. Istanbul. Just the Istanbul. hair transplants, too? I think so, yeah. Well, also he needs it. But, yeah. Yeah, just to conclude, transfers so far, yeah, have been pretty depressing. That's uh, all I can say. I mean, I guess I'll jump off of that idea. I actually was going to say this to John before. So he mentioned how Pedro, Sergio, and William as like the ultimate trio in his mind. Mm -hmm. So I guess instead of talking about those players specifically, I'll, I'll revert this back to John and then you guys. What are you looking for? You know, Summit generally said, I, we need midfielders. And I agree with that. But mm -hmm. what kind of profile midfielders are you guys mm -hmm. looking for? Are you, are you looking for these big tanks that's just going to be a wall in the midfield? Are you looking for a player that's dynamic in both attack and defense? Are you looking for mm -hmm. faster midfielders, more skilled midfielders? Because we've been linked with a lot of different types. But every time a different type is linked, I just like convince myself that that's what I want because I'm so desperate for a midfielder. But I'm just curious to see what you guys think on what type you think is best for this club. Dude, honestly, the most important position for me right now is number 10 and 6. And for 6, for years, I've always wanted the Brazilian type that we had with Melo or Fernando. I would honestly love to have Fernando back from Sevilla right now, place him in that role, and he'll do it. No, no nonsense. You know, he's always doing his job. He's oh, He needs to be where he needs to be at all times. And he passes to like like forwards with no nonsense. You know what I mean? Like he's always passing straight. He doesn't turn back and pass to the goalie. 
every single time he gets the ball. He doesn't lose the ball in unnecessary spots like Tylon. That's the type of player that I want in the number six. Yeah, I I'm gonna tell you exactly what like just for me what I think an ideal midfield trio is and why I wanted those three players. So first of all, I want one player that is that is anchored right in front of the back line that's going to win us the ball and distribute the ball. I don't care about dribbling yeah. out from the back. I don't care about anything. I want you to win the ball, distribute the ball. When we're That was Fernando. Yep, and when we're playing out of the back, I want you to show yourself in those empty pockets and receive the ball playing out of the back and I want you to have some confidence unlike when Thailand played there, everyone is always on the edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. You know, some confidence uh, calm with the ball to play out of the back that we can trust. And um, we know they're not going to lose us possession in the most dangerous area of the field. That's one player. And I think William Carvalho could do that. I think he'll win us the ball, big, strong midfielder and good technical ability to win the ball, distribute it, job done, right? I want a player that we already have in Sergio Oliveira, who I think will be good in keeping possession and linking the back line with our forwards and our attackers and someone we can play through someone that's going to, that can carry the ball a little bit, can switch the ball and is not going to make foolish mistakes. And you know, a two IQ player like Belhanda who's going to lose it for no reason. Right. And then I need another player who's good at attacking, who's good at driving at a back line, you know, a little bit of creativity, unlocking a back line can maybe score It'd be nice if they had some set piece abilities as well. We haven't, we, we don't really have anyone that can score from a free kick. So that balance of players in my eyes is Sergio Oliveira, Oliveira, William Carvalho, and João Pedro, who all speak Portuguese. And that is, in my mind, brilliant. But it's not going to happen now. So you convinced me. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Sign the check, then, man. To add on, John. I fully agree. I think the the ball stealing and the distribution part is very important. Thailand did that with us for one season. What I'm looking at is, well, we've seen bits of Sergio Oliveira today. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's basically, to me, he seems like an upgrade to Chikildao. When Chikildao first came, he was fine. But Sergio seems to be more on the ball, more in control. Like you feel like he actually controls and possesses a certain amount of the midfield and link him with someone that can steal the ball and distribute the ball behind him or next to him, you have already a good pair. And then we're missing that creative player that John said, João Pedro, could link up and form a Portuguese trio, basically. So when they're coming, yeah, that's the question, right? Because... If they're coming. Ciao, Pedro. We had an offer. We were very close. And then apparently, Penebace paid off some Italian media outlets to say that they're also in the race. Or the agents of Ciao, Pedro did that to increase his price. Don't know what's happening there. But I I see it not making any sense for Penebace to get him. So just weird stuff are happening. That was the original rumor. We better not pay. Yeah, seven point five million. Yeah, for a guy with one year left on his contract. What do you want to see, Sally? I mean, what hasn't been said before already? I'll just keep it simple. From what I've seen in these two friendlies, or with Okan Buruk in general, is that he likes to 
play in a more direct way, aka go long, uh, have more of these through balls from deeper positions. So we already have a Sergio Oliveira who seems to be not really a progressive player. She's more of a, how should I say it, he just intercepts, tries to just win the ball and then move it forward. But having a player who would be similar to him, I guess Pirlo in his prime, I know it's a weird example, but someone like him from deep to make these long balls forward and then have our fullbacks, which are, for example, Fanano, it's a pretty aggressive player, having more of these deep runs. I think that's what we are aiming to do from what I see. So getting a midfielder like that and a, a striker who has some pace to him, so not Gomis, I think that's probably what he wants. That's at least what I understood. Look, I'm no, I'm no John, I'm no uh, football coach. I'm just a regular guy, but that's what <laughs> I see. <laughs> ah, we're, we're, I mean, we're not professionals. We're just doing this for fun. Just a bunch of friends talking about football. No, but isn't that, isn't that what you guys saw as well in the game? I know we now switch topics, but we seem to, like Guardiola puts it, we don't really seem to make these triangles and try to move the ball forward by making these quick short passes. We actually, uh, yeah, tend to go long. Or try to get more through balls in. That's what I saw, at least. Well, we, we don't have a midfield. I think Okan Buruk is just testing out different combinations, different players, looking at the individual performance of players. And I don't see yet a team play, a team tactic being put into play. It's just looking at individual performance and chemistry between players. It's like when you, look, when you play FIFA, right? You have the chemistry lines, right? Green, yellow, red. <laughs> At the moment, it's all red with us, right? <laughs> There's definitely no chemistry. That's true. Yeah. Like, I don't know if if you guys want to fully transition to the friendly we had today, but do you, do you want me to, to, do you want to dive into that or is that okay with you guys? That's sure. Fine. All right. What Sali said, and, you know, we watched this match together today and I think we, we all agree for some for some reason, and, and well, you know, may, maybe the reason is just like what Samet said, you know, we're just evaluating individual players, see who we have, what we can do with them, things like that. But in terms of how our team was playing in this friendly today was pretty frustrating. Like, I, I'm not sure why we didn't really seem to have the intention of controlling the match and setting up in the opponent's half and keeping the ball, looking for opportunities to, pen it, to you know, to penetrate or, or break the back line. Instead, we were getting the ball and, I don't know, playing it long and for, like forcing the ball, rushing for some reason. We're playing against such a weak opposition. Like this is a team that finished eighth in the Czech League and they had five subs on the bench as well. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I, I know that, you know, Okan... He likes to play a bit, a bit more forward, and it's we, we we're sort of on. There's sort of two different ends of the scale now with Torrent and Okan. We had Torrent who was trying to develop our team to do what I just said, but maybe a little bit too much, a little too patient, a little too much playing backwards. But we were trying to keep the ball, and now we have Okan where we're we don't look particularly interested in doing that, and we're just trying to force it and play it long and attack. So hopefully we can find a balance of those two. But if you notice the two goals that we scored today, we won 2 nothing. by the way. Um, the two goals we scored came from a little bit of organization, setting up in their half and keeping the ball, switching the ball, being patient, and the opportunities came. 
Yunus had some magic, scored and assisted, and it came that way, right? But I think we can all agree for most of the match, it was ridiculous, like giving the ball away for no reason and just playing these long balls into a 40-year-old. It's just, it was kind of frustrating, so. So we played three friendlies against Sturm Graz was the first one. You see every game, someone else is starting. So what I said about just testing the individual performance is what I strongly believe. And none of these games are actually something to analyze and say, okay, this is how we're doing. I, I don't believe that. So people need to be patient and wait until we have, or Okan has figured out the starting XY. For now, it seems that Emre Akbaba, who started on the 10th position for all three games, if we don't get someone else, he's going to start there. Patrick van Arnold is our left back. And all others have pretty much changed up. That's what I see. And uh, of course, we have Kerem and Yunus. They will be uh, starting 11 as well for us. And the rest is just a mystery for now. What do you think about Yunus Yasin? You were like biggest advocate. Yeah. And while he was at Adana. Yeah. And he continues to show me and others why we should be his biggest advocate, right? He came in this season, preseason, already looking very good. Today, he had a goal. He had an assist. Last game, he had a couple decent almost assists that we just couldn't score. You know, I think he's going to be our most important player this season at this rate. He knows how to make that dribble at the last second to beat defenders, multiple defenders. He, he knows how to get in between players. And today, while we're watching the game, Summit's like, maybe we should play him at number 10. And the reason why Summit said that was because he was excellent when he came into the midfield. You know, Yunus was playing that winger role where he's making those runs, but he also dribbled inside with his left foot as an inverted winger, and he was finding those through passes, whether it was Gomis, whether it was Omar making an overlapping run, or it was Kerem on the far side. He was always looking for those passes, and that's an excellent trait of a number 10, right? So he can technically play that creative winger role, which is what we desperately need. Kerem last season shined as that pacey winger that knew how to make runs, who knew how to beat a player, who knew how to kind of sneak through the uh, the opposing back and find his way behind or next to the striker. But now we have Yunus who can do that and more. So I'm super excited. That goal was beautiful. Uh, I, I loved it. He, he was on the far side with the inside of his foot. He found the far post uh, inside netting. Just gorgeous from every angle you look at it. Um, he's going to be a very exciting player this season for us. And you know what? Kerem and Yunus are going to look even better once we get a proper number 10. They're going to look even better once we get a proper striker because all these players work together. Once they figure out how to play together, they're going to play better together. And going back to what Summit said, I, I just want to add on to that, and I agree with him. We're in, we're, we're in a testing phase, right? Like, without a proper midfield trio... Because the midfield is what controls a game, right, guys? Like, we talked about this many times. You know, Mazar talked about it brilliantly a couple of weeks ago. He said, without the midfield, there's no real skeleton to the team. So right now, we're just moving the ball around. The players are getting used to one another. And they're very tired. Okan, after the game today, today said, listen, our players came out today very tired. Because right now, what we're doing is we're working hard to get our conditioning up. So when the, when the season does start... We're not behind. We're ready to go. We're, our conditioning is good. And at that point, it's just getting our chemistry up and playing the football that we want to play. So to all the fans that are getting anxious on what they just saw today, some of the passing mistakes, 
my my message is stay as optimistic as you can you know the transfers will hopefully come but the passing errors will hopefully go away once we do get more conditioned that's that, that's kind of what i had to say so nothing ever ends until until we we say so fully agree on you Tedim. that's definitely <laughs> maybe before we move on to listener questions mr Tedim, what did you think about our friendlies like how do you feel that's going every time we have the control of the games under mm-hmm. the control of the games during the games we have the some possibilities some big chances some big occasions something mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah He, him and John are on the same page, bro. Yeah. Yep, always. always Control bro. the game. Yeah, that's important. Do you have anything to add on that, Mr. Terim? I don't want to see the back. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I, I want to see the front. Mm. And I hope so. Tomorrow, my teams control the games. Tomorrow, we we we're not playing tomorrow. It's on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. See, all all ages get it. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I fully agree with him. Emin yeah. Bayram at the back was pretty scary. I don't want to see the back. I don't want to see <laughs> him near the ball. That was, I mean, okay, he's young, right? So he still has lots and lots of time to learn. Like for a center back, he's like still basically a baby, but man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the thing, right? Hmm. Like John was saying, we want to control the game, but can you control the game with our back line not and our current Emin. midfield? No, no, no. Right? You, that's probably why Okan's not trying to control the game right now, until he gets better material players that can control the game better. Maybe we'll see it down the line, hopefully. What were you saying, Yasin? I, I just, I'm glad that Sally brought up Emin Bidem. Um, I was very excited coming into the season to see him play, as he had two pretty good loan spells at Bolospor. But prior to today, I was not a fan of him in the in the friendlies. Of course, it's too early, so I'm not. I don't want right. to come to a conclusion too quick. But he looked shaky. He looked like when he's under pressure, he's gonna make a bad pass. Today, one thing that I did like about him was he looked like a he looked a little sturdy in the back. You know, if the ball is coming in, he can clear it. He reminds me a little bit of Ramit Ahmed Chelik when he was with us. You know, he was not rest in peace. Rest in peace. He was not the best creative controlled center back oh you mean Ahmed Chalik right. by the way I was like Ahmed Chalik Chalik yeah my bad uh, Ahmed Chalik uh, <laughs> he, he can clear the ball He he's gonna be there he's gonna get the ball out no no, no bullshit right that's the kind of guy that I right. see I'm in bottom at so far but he's still young you know maybe another loan spell will be good for him. maybe as a bench player although I don't know quite trust it just yet but more minutes more age more maturity professionalism hopefully he'll become a better center back but right now Yeah, a little, maybe a little early for me, but it's a little too early to say anything. He's still 19. Like, he has loads of time to develop himself. He, he's still, I mean... Okan yeah. seems to trust him too. He's constantly playing him. But you know who else he's playing that we haven't really touched on? My man, Hamza Akman. Oof. Every single, the past three friendlies, this kid has impressed me. The way he handles the ball, the way he distributes the ball. And the most important thing is, he wants the ball he goes and tries to get the ball every single time whether it's from muslera or it's up on the midfield from the wings and this man just gets the ball and he just goes straight and he does it so well it took what two three players to foul him to stop him from running with the ball that was their first yellow card that kid has massive potential in nazar damison you know Devil's eye, Mashallah you know, wrap him, wrap him around with all the devil's eyes yep. that you can, yep. man. 
The, I want this. I like this kid a the lot. The kid is silky smooth when he plays. Yeah, he, he glides play over the field. First eleven? Not yet. Not yet. I don't want to give him too much pressure. Yes. Koopa games. He's still seventeen. Yeah. No. Exactly. I don't, I don't want his be confidence in. to be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I. I don't think he should be starting. He should be eased in, like Kerem was eased in before. Start at seventy minutes. Yeah. And then move on gradually, more and more. I think that's the best way for these kids. But you can see that he has the potential to be mm-hmm. uh, eleven material, first eleven. Yeah, you can see oh, that. Absolutely. His little brother Efe Akman is even more talented. Apparently, but I, I, Apparently, yeah, I've, I've yet to see that. Hopefully, we one. see that. Yeah. yeah. No disrespect, Fatih Hoja, but I hope Okan Hoja plays him a little bit more than you used to play our youngsters. You know, we, yeah. we used to see Bartu Elmas for like a minute, five minutes. Hopefully, we get to see a little bit more of Hamza. <laughs> but what can I do? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. I and if they're if they're not good, why should he play him? Yeah. And especially depending. But anyway, now is in the table. Eh? We have to see in the situation. It's very true. Now is second position, and one point more. Yeah. It, it, Fully agree. It depends also, like, if you're, like, in the league and you have one point and you're second, you can't really always play the youth. I think that's what he tried to convey. Samet, um, I know before we go to the uh, the questions that we got, uh, so just so everyone knows, as of about 40 minutes ago, João Pedro's manager has landed in Istanbul, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looks like he's going to Fenerbahce, so... Well, fuck him, like that. I refuse to believe it. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they do it? Just to show their balls? Why not? No, why would... I mean, they have the money, right? Where do they get this money? money. Where do they get this money? Kim, Kim's leaving for the shady sales, bro. bro. Oh, let's not start on this one. SMSing money, no? Oh, yeah, that's true. Miss yeah. it all. Yeah, okay. Maybe we can do uh, Gala all. I hope we don't. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yes, definitely. Every club has done that Listen, so far, except us. Let me tell you, ask you guys, if you have an opportunity to weaken your team, your, uh, your biggest rivals, would you not do it? This is in extremes, though. But the thing is, is that I just, like, I just don't care really what they do. Like, I just, I don't. Like we should just focus on yeah, us, ourselves. you know. Like I wouldn't. They, they, they think like that. They, but we don't think they. But they. Do. Oh yeah, of this course isn't, they This do. isn't new. This has been happening for yeah, years. Yeah, of course. Everyone, yeah, like everyone knows they're obsessed with with us. Obviously, like it, that's. There's no question to that. It's just, I, I, I might do that if the price was small. But I'm not gonna go spend seven million mm-hmm. euros just because they want him. Yeah. Like it's just it's ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Also, another transfer rumor we haven't tweeted a lot about it is Seferovic. We haven't talked yeah. about from Benfica. I don't see us. Well, I hope not. Uh, doing I really don't think it's true either. Like everyone's saying it's done, I mean, but they've been saying that. Well, that man's a walking how, hospital. How about as a no second thanks. striker? Like a not a not well, as well, a this first. Is, this is the thing with it though. So there's a group that are saying it's done, and I, I he's going to be coming on Monday or Tuesday, and then there's another group saying that. The health check that the club did on him was atrocious, and there's no way they're bringing him. Mm-hmm. So again, what I don't know what the truth is. I have no idea. Yeah. You know. Well, hope it's not true. 
All right, let's close off transfer business right there and move on to listener questions. Anyone wants to do the questions? Uh, I can do the questions. Yeah, go ahead, Emre. You take the questions. Alrighty. So, we got a few listeners asking questions on Twitter. Our first one here is Mr. Kishot. He's asking, how do you feel about the lack of direction our transfer board seems to have? We are linked with players with different profiles for the same positions, which gives the impression that we don't have a planned approach at all. No, we don't. We don't have a planned approach because the elections were stalled. We have a new management and they're f- still figuring things out. Okay, they did prepare for the elections, but they didn't know if they were going to win. Both the candidates had Jink Argun as their main transfer guy, which was a necessary thing because you need to somehow plan and prepare for it. So Jink Argun had a transfer list. But with Okan Buruk coming in, apparently his transfer list changed by 80% with completely different names. And based off Cenk Ergun's interview answers, you can have some insight to what's going on because he's basically saying, I'm not dealing with this. We have segregation of duties. So probably Mr. Yalusurat said, okay, Cenk, you do this, uh, Erdan, you do that, Ayhan Akman, you do this, and that's where we're going. So somewhat planned approach with some names, which changed a lot, and of course, with the different people dealing with the transfers, some not going well, some going better, that's the situation we are in, I guess. I mean, I think what Kishot's asking is a little bit similar to my complaint before, right? We're linked with all these different midfielders, mm-hmm. and every single midfielder is different than the other in terms of how they play, right? Mm-hmm. So we had William Carvalho, who is a slower but more skilled midfielder, big, strong guy who, like I said, likes to play slow, but he's that anchor, right? But then we've also been linked with Idris Gay, so who, who's not that type of CDM at all. They, they both play the same role, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're very different type of players in that role. So, you know, we had Juan Pedro, uh, very different than maybe a player like Evander, right? So it's a little bit confusing. Are we just trying to get players that are available for the right price that we think will provide value no matter what kind of player they are? Are we going to worry about play style and fit later? Or are we being very specific about what kind of player we want? And to answer that question, you know, as I think through this, we're in a position where all three of our midfielders currently, you know, not not counting Sergio because he just came in, we're not very good. None of them should be in our starting lineup this season. So we're just trying to get what we can find and maybe fill out the last one or two pieces when we do get there. Because right now we have nothing except Sergio. Um, it's a good question, though, because I, I don't know the answer to that either. I'm wondering the same thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, th- I think that they're, you know, exactly like he says, I, I don't think there's any direction at all. Like, I, I don't know if m- my ideal three that I mentioned earlier, I don't know if that was the plan and that was the direction. 
and then it all fell apart and they don't know where to go from there. I, I don't know if that's what's happened. But um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of direction, a little bit of vision and ideal of what you want the team to play like and look like, I think that would be good. And I don't know if that exists. So that's kind of scary to think about that we could potentially be spending five to 10 million on a player like Evander. And is he even an ideal player you want? Or, you know, are you just making transfers just for players and you're hoping they fit in and you're going to work around them? Or I don't know, it's, it's worrying. It's really worrying. And there would be a lot more comfort if we could see some type of clear idea in, in how we wanted the team to look like, right? Sergio was on Okan Buruk's list specifically. Mm-hmm. I think I think Makes for sense. now, because Okan just joined, we have a new board. I think for now we're basically doing more of these bandage transfers, if that makes sense, just some quick yeah. fixes. That's why we probably go for an older profile of players as well. Mm-hmm. Because normally if you want more of these prospects, there's a lot of negotiation going on. It usually can take a few months. Right now, the period is not that long, if that makes sense. It's kind of short if you want better plays. So for now, I think it's just bandage fixes. Where can we improve the quickest, the easiest with a player that will probably do fine for, well, let's say two years at most. I think that's what we're doing right now. Not really a plan yeah. in mind. Just <laughs> let's get this team from 13th to at least a European spot. I think that's the idea now. Right. So moving on, we have a few other questions. This other question from Adam, also on Twitter, is asking a similar question. But he's asking, why, why do we have such a flawed philosophy in our transfers and build a team for two seasons and then sell everyone to our rivals? And he gives the example of loaning out Jagne to Bruges when they were in our Champions League group. I mean, I guess you guys like already pointed out many of the things, but for this, for this one, an example, maybe he... We like gave it to Bruce because they were the only people willing to, you know, transfer him on a loan at the time. I don't know what what you guys think about that. I think he's asking why do we have a flawed philosophy? Why do we have a flawed philosophy in our transfers and when we build a team? Mm-hmm. Because apparently, if, like we'll build we'll build a team for two seasons and then sell them to our rivals. I can't really recall that many players that we sold to our like direct rivals i think i think i know about our rivals mm-hmm. taking players that we used to have but yeah go ahead summit yeah for the diagne example i touched upon it a bit we had the financial fair play we had some cash that we wanted to use next season as well so we bought him with the thought process of selling him and making use of that money didn't work so we loaned him out to generate some extra cash that we could use with well the loan fee we got from him so that's for the Diagne example. Aside from that, selling players to our rivals. Yeah, it's like you said, Emre. It's them buying our ex-players, not necessarily us. Right. Selling them directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sally. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to mention on the whole build a team for two seasons thing. I think that's just... With our club, it's just... Or you could even say it with... <laughs> if you take it in a broader prospect like democracy wise like because presidents only last a few years of course they're going to try to think more on the short term they're not going to build something that's going to last five or six years because maybe they won't even be empowered then so i think that's the reason why we go for let's say these more not with burak elmas but usually in the past for more first 11 ready players which are affordable for us so usually uh, around 28 29 or older and try to build from there and get in championship because as we saw last year as well, and unfortunately I fall into that category too, 
if you don't perform, we're not very patient. We want you out pretty quickly, so you have to perform more. It's it's job done. That that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. John. I, yeah. No. I, I. What I'm gonna say pretty much ties in a little bit to what Sally's saying, and it's like a big problem I've had with past presidents and just the team in general is that we seem to not win the league one year and then automatically start transferring for immediate success which lasts one to two seasons and then all the money we spent and paid these players they leave and 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 we get into that cycle right like we can already right. see that we're bringing in older players now like even if even if that midfield trio I was talking about even if we did bring them in they're not the youngest players those are transfers to give us success right now you know that those aren't transfers to build a really strong foundation for the future right and they're not transfers we're going to be able to flip for profit so i think that's where this flawed philosophy comes from it just comes from us always feeling like we need to win the league every single year and transferring for immediate success and transferring to make the fans happy because we know the pressure that comes from them so yeah it's this is the nightmare that is turkey so you know, you you mentioned that we've never really had a long, like, lasting dynasty of a team that we we actually formed together. The one I can think of off the top of my head is the one that Fatih Tedin built back in '96 that lasted all throughout, you know, 2000. That got him plenty of cups and success. And it's kind of unfortunate that we don't see that as widespread again in Turkey. I mean, it's kind of hard when your fans always are asking for immediate success. Mm-hmm. at all times so it is tough it is tough and you guys have good points um let's go on to the next question our final question for the day um so we have sorare road to glory asking muslera versus okan kuchuk he, he wants Kojuk. us to discuss who <laughs> Kojuk, Kojuk, Kojuk. Kojuk. <laughs> Does, he wants us to discuss who we think starts the first game and why and he also Wants us to like who? Who do we see play that position long term? Either Okan or Muslera. Yeah, so why don't you take this one? So I think the first part question is it depends, right? It's not just a matter of one over the other. What's our situation with the team, right? What What's our squad looking like? How many Turkish players can we actually trust at that time in our squad to start the game? If If we have, you know, God forbid, a few of the Turkish guys that are supposed to start injured. Then of course you're gonna start with Okan, but as a captain, you know, as your prime guy, you probably want Muslera to start. If we actually do have plans for Okan to ease in to become that first goalie, I don't think we should just do it with you know the snap of a finger, all games Okan. I think you kind of have to ease into it a little bit, just the way that you kind of saw Altai ease into that first role over Volkan. That's just like a lot of these other teams do it, right? If they have a young goalie that they plan on seeing for the future. But their main goalie is still good. You do 50-50, depending on who's in form, who made a mistake or not. Um, but, you know, me personally, I, I would like to see Okan or one of the other young guys make their way in. If this Yabanju Kurala, this foreigner rule is not going away and it doesn't look like it is, then I think we do need to start to ease out Muslera and bring in some new faces in. Uh, because I think the talent's there. We just got to give them the chance. But right. on that... You said that we should maybe give the other goalies a chance, but we do still have Muslera for two years uh, more at the club. So, and he's on high wages, so would it actually be smart then to, you know, 
put him on the bench and not use him as much. For me, my, my view is just use your best goalie. In my opinion, that's Mustera. Just use him until he gets injured again or whatever. Um, he's dependable. We've seen what he does. Uh, of course, mistakes happen, but you know any goalie can have that. So I think financially it's just not as reasonable, for me at least, to say let's use another goalie. Unless we can sell Mustera, mm-hmm. but I, think, I don't think that will happen. He's 30, 35, 36. I always forget his age. He looks I don't so look young. at his age. Yeah. I don't look at his age. <laughs> if Buffon can play till his 40s, then I think he'll be fine. Like Buffon. And, well, at least he yeah. can play longer. That's for sure. Exactly. I think yeah. there's a divideance between Muslera and Okan Kojuk between the fans. For me, Muslera, undisputable. He should start the games. Okan Kojuk. He can start the Turkish Cup games, if you ask me. That's fine. And I say this because, yes, at Giresun Spor, Okan Kojuk started off very well. But the second half of the season last year, he did have a, not a great performance, let's say, to justify him starting over Muslera. Muslera's worst day is still a very good Muslera, if you ask me. Sure, he makes a mistake here and there. It happens to all goalkeepers. But his professionalism, his hardworkingness, I'm sure he's going to keep on doing good stuff. May I, may I ask you. a question? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Because what Yasin said before is also very interesting, right? We have a foreign quota. So yeah. in your mind, or you guys in general, would you rather have... <laughs> I'm going to do an extreme example. Let's say, would you rather have Muslera in goal and forcibly use like an Emer Bayram on left back? Or would you rather have, for example, PVA on the field, but then use Okan as our second keeper if we need to hit the quota? Sali, you've actually asked the exact question I was going to ask. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, exact damn question. See, that's what I was going to say. If I would rather, I've always said this, I'd rather have more, you know, I'd r- rather have better players in our attacking for our front like in midfield, winger, strikers, then, you know, our defensive front. Because I feel like midfield and striker, as long as you outscore the other team, you should be fine. But once you, you know, concede, like we did plenty of times before in the previous seasons, we just always had a hard time coming back and scoring. Why? Because teams score once, they park the bus, and then they counter, counter, counter. So I'd rather have Okan Kochuk. I swear, Yasin, <laughs> me and you need to get some phonics books. Because <laughs> we always be mispronouncing these names. I'd rather have Okan Kochuk in goalie. Mm. Again, I don't know with that if statement, right? If that's if, yeah, exactly. You don't know. He might actually do both. You know, he, some games he'll have Muslera. Some yeah. games he'll have Okan. You never know. He yeah. can do both. I'd rather have Batuan. Also, that yeah. Actually, what, what have you seen? What have you seen from Batuan? I mean, I've seen the, the, there one are, save. There are good comments, and I'm hopeful too, but I'm just curious, what have you seen? I've seen enough to say, maybe it's better if he plays the Turkish Cup, and Mustera and Okan just rotate based on what's needed. Maybe. Okay. For the I'm fine with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got Yasin's approval. It's all good. <laughs> we could all go home now. End the, end the stream right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, on that question, I wonder what John thinks, because John has been, uh, I think, I guess thinking a lot about it, but... I mean... Of course, if I had the choice, like this, this foreign rule is fucking bullshit. Like, I don't know how else to put it, but crooks rule. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Of course, <laughs> if I had the choice, it would be Muslera, but 
I mean, we'll see what this what the situation is, you know? Like uh Fati said, Fati tell him. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the uh occasion what it is and go from there like we have we're I think we're fortunate to have the wingers in Yunus and Kerem that are we're we're expecting to probably start every single game. Mm-hmm. So that's two Turks right there. But but no, I I mean it depends. If if we have enough Turks, of course, always Musleta. If we're in a dire situation and we need to use Okan, then so be it because I think he's a good keeper as well. Mm-hmm. But what can I do sometimes? Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. I mean it, it depends what the situation is, but we we should just be thankful that we don't have like Muslera and. Ismail Chipe, for example, like we have mm-hmm. Okan, who we know has a bit of quality. So regardless of what the situation is, I think, you know, more or less we should be taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. We have a luxury problem, as you say. Yeah. Like we have yeah. two. I mean, we have a good keeper and Okan's pretty decent keeper. It's like I said before, luckily it's not on Fatih Öztürk or Ismail Chipe yeah. or whatever yeah. else uh, comes to mind. So All right. we're set on that. I don't think that's a problem for us. Right. Right. Yeah. Emre, if we don't have any more questions. Uh, Samet, take it away. Maybe before I do the outro, is there any final notes you would like to say, Mr. Terim? For Galatasaray, for our future? Anything you'd like to say? So nothing ever ends. Until until we uh, we say so. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's good job, man. Good job. Keep up the English, man. We'll invite you some <laughs> other time. Hopefully, you'll uh, improve. But uh, all good. And uh, for all our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, go to Twitter. Follow us at the Lions Den GS. We're also on Instagram. We'd love to collaborate, communicate. We're doing this for you, done by the community, for the community, right? Later. Bye. Bye-bye. Terem, you want to say goodbye? Adios. It's the football. That's the football. Something happens. Everything is something. <laughs> I think he meant to say like, share, and subscribe. I think that's what he tried to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just football vocabulary. See, lost in translation, yeah. you know? <laughs> also, if you have questions for our next episode, feel free to tag us on Twitter at GS.